We're leading things off a little differently for today's show instead of my usual pattern of just forgetting to mention our guest. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Polar Ice, the official Canadian vodka of the Toronto Blue Jays. To celebrate this unique partnership and the fact that Blue Jays have finally returned home to Toronto, they've created a limited edition bottle and a signature cocktail, the Polar Leadoff. Tested and confirmed this is the perfect way to start your game day experience. The cocktail features a shot of Polar Ice, a dash of blue curacao, sparkling lemonade, and is topped with popcorn. Yeah, and you know, anyone who's listened to me on podcasts over the years knows that I stopped pretending to like the taste of beer a long, long time ago. So this drink is definitely right in my wheelhouse. You know, the blue color looks great for supporting the Jays, uh, and the popcorn topper makes me feel like I'm at the game no matter where I'm watching. Not only is the polar lead off a more adventurous option than that first inning beer, it's also as crushable as a Tanner Roar Keter. You can give it a try yourself. Pick up the limited edition polarized bottle at your nearest liquor store while supplies last. And be sure to enjoy it responsibly. So, Stoughton, how about the Blue Jays? <laughs> uh, yeah, they're really good, it turns out. Uh, this is obviously, I mean, I don't, I don't think I have to tell anybody who's listening. Like, this has obviously been uh, an incredible week. Uh, I don't know if we need to debate the... Uh, uh, the existence of playoff odds or stuff, but you you know, uh, looking at the graph of where the Yankees' chances have gone and where the Blue Jays have gone over the last you know seven days, especially over the last four, uh, with the sweep in the Bronx, uh, pretty remarkable, pretty cool, uh, pretty um, uh, unusual too. And uh, you know, it's just uh, last week we are we were a little uh, a little bit full of doom and gloom, uh, and it certainly uh, the the mood has changed incredibly. Uh, in just seven days and you know it's we've been saying all year though right like it's this is this is a really talented roster and they had just never sort of had all three components the lineup the the bullpen and the the starters you know working at the same time and they're showing you know what they can do uh when those when you know everybody's sort of firing on all cylinders i mean obviously there's like breaks and there's a bit of luck in there too but man i mean it would have been fun to watch this all year or maybe to not like have saved it to the last moment but uh uh, they're making this month real, real fun. And, you know, now we can say without, you know, having to, to sort of laugh it off, like maybe next month too. Like it's, uh, uh, it's the real deal. It could still go sideways, but, um, yeah, I, I, it's good. It's good. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a pretty good <laughs> summary. Now, sometimes when you get this kind of wave of momentum, there's a tendency to assume that it's just going to keep going that way. That's kind of what we felt when they came back to Toronto and they had that nine and two homestand. We saw what happened after that. So I think that, you know, just because they went from 5 to 50 doesn't mean they're going to go to 100 and that's the next thing. You know, it, it could not be a linear journey. They could also have a dip and then come back to it. A lot of things can happen from here. I don't think it's necessarily going to be an easy wave, although the schedule is definitely going to help with that. It, it is nice to maybe throw out the playoff odds a little bit, though, because before... <laughs> It was kind of a good way to conceptualize like how much of a long shot are the Blue Jays considering their X back and their teams in between. Okay, let's get an idea. Like how crazy would it have to be for them to make the playoffs? But now they're a half game behind and they're a game behind the two guys. So you could just watch the standings at this point. Like you don't need right. the <laughs> you don't need the projections. You don't need any of that. Like now it's gonna be really nice, easy scoreboard watching, which uh, you know, it's it's a luxury, right? A lot of fan bases don't get to experience that every year. In fact, the majority of them probably don't get to experience it in a serious way. And that's where we are now. We're not talking about vague hypotheticals. We're not talking about what would need to happen if we are in the thick of this race and it's neck and neck and neck with Boston, New York and the Blue Jays. 
And you can make a very convincing argument that the Blue Jays are the best of those teams right now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you're, you're right. I'm, I don't want to temper the mood too much because it's, you know, it's just been so rare around here in particular. And it's been, you know, the whole season has been building to this point. We did have that August trip when it felt like, you know, everything was sort of possible. But uh, uh, what it, it was nothing quite like this. There was still a lot of ground to make up. And then now the ground has been made up, even despite like going in a giant trough. It's just... Uh, it, this is the fun of, of the sport of baseball. This is why it drives me nuts when people, even, you know, in late August are like, oh, it's over and just rushing to, 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 you know, to insist that the season is done and pointless and there's no need to, need to watch, which, you know, I, my sense is my, my, my response to that is, you know, well, then, then don't watch. But uh, the, the playoff odds, I know we can, we can put them to bed. Uh, as you say, I think you're absolutely correct there. But also, you know, they got down to what, like 8% or, or you know, something around 10%, uh, depending on which one you would look at. And then it, you, you got to, I don't know if that is what trips people up, but it kind of, it, you to, we, to me, to conceptualize it is sort of like, okay, well, if you ran the season from here to the end 10 times, the Jays would still make the playoffs once. And it's like, okay, you know, that's, that's worth sticking around for, even when you're at, you know, the lowest ebb of your playoff odds in late August. Uh, and they have showed us exactly why. Um, and, you know, you just it, it's not just, you know, we're not just talking about good, you know, good breaks. And, and uh, you know, we're talking about a team that has a ton of talent on it. And is that that is really, you know, they've tightened up the defense, uh, which has been really nice to see uh, They're You know, with the expanded rosters, I think they've been using the roster really well. It's funny that, you know, I don't think we hear uh, as much grumbling about how much Charlie Montoyo is losing them games. Uh, now that the players are playing better, which is, you know, perhaps something people uh, should think about. And I'm sure will not by the time <laughs> next season starts. Um, but yeah, you know, I mean, Barrios was great. Uh, Robbie Ray is great. Uh, Ryu pitched really well, uh, even though I think his ERA for the season is below Steven Matz. But Steven Matz pitched really well. Uh, Manoa is Manoa. Um, and, you know, they're hitting again, you know. And, uh, and that's obviously been the huge thing because that was holding them back uh, for so long during that little slump in August. And, and obviously we're seeing Vladdy come around again. Semyon's been a rock. Bo Bichette, uh is, is not, you know, not having the, the, the year that, you know, we would expect from him, I don't think, but uh, uh, has definitely turned it around a bit. And especially in the last, you know, couple games and uh, you get George Springer back. And I, you know, if I'm the Yankees and I'm the Red Sox, I do not feel good about this Toronto Blue Jays team that's coming up behind me. Yeah, absolutely. And that, like you said, the lineup is where the fulcrum of it kind of switched, right? Like the, they were mm. getting the starting pitching for mm. quite a long time and they just simply couldn't put runs on the board. And when you're, it's literally not talking about hitting is my least favorite thing to talk about in baseball because there's n nothing to say. It's the <laughs> absence of things that are going on, especially when you're talking about good hitters. So when someone comes to you and like, I've had these discussions with people like, oh, the runners in scoring position, we touched on the podcast a little bit. The, the answer is always these guys are good hitters and they're going to hit. And like it's a, it sounds like this sh shitty answer that is, you know, there's no analysis behind it, yada, yada, yada. But no, like we know how talented these guys are. We know what they're capable of doing. We know that Vladdy wasn't going to be that league average hitter he was during his little slump for a bit. Like he's so far beyond that. He's shown us he can be this world class hitter who's the biggest offensive force in the league. And he did that for three months. He wasn't going to suddenly become a dud for the next three months. Like, it's very, very unlikely that that was going to happen. Now he's back. Semyon is doing his thing. Guriel Jr. is a guy we'll, we'll talk mm. about, and he he's really brought things around. Like, there's 
He there's was a, he the guy I, he, I was trading him last week, I believe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I mean, la, there's a bit of a mea culpa for last week, because to be fair, I think I was the one who was positioning the idea that next time we talked, you know, September, meaningful September baseball might be out the window. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's well, definitely... Well, played like the Yankees this week, then then it, maybe it would be. But, yeah, <laughs> but it, was, it was a possibility. And I, I don't know if I would have said I thought it was the most likely scenario, but yeah, it was definitely on the table in my view. And now it's a totally different situation. It's because those three facets of the team, as you mentioned, like the lineup is going, the pitching is insane. Like Mats and Ray, uh, since the beginning of August <laughs> have given them, I think it's 86 innings of like 1.56 ERA ball. Like that's insane. That's Jake. They've, they've been Jacob deGrom combined. Uh, for a couple months, like Ryu was really good in his last start. He found the velocity, you know, his forearm. We'll see what goes on there. Uh, Barrios, like you said, like the, he seemed to find that mechanical adjustment. He's been lights out since then. When Alec Manoa is the guy who looks like the weak point in your rotation right now. And Ross Stripling is coming back who is excellent for the vast majority Mm -hmm. of the year. And he doesn't have a rotation spot. Like that's a pretty that's a pretty good group and you don't, you don't get a group like that very often. That is yeah. Now legitimately six deep when Stripling comes back, presuming Rio's okay. And the combination of the lineup and that rotation was always going to be a winning combination. And unfortunately that got them a huge run differential and it didn't quite work out on the scoreboard at the end of the day, but you had to believe this team had this in it. If the bullpen was stabilized at all. And that's been a difference maker. And it seems like it's been stabilized. I mean, it's still, you know, it's still not the White Sox, but it, uh, but it is obviously, uh, <laughs> they've pitched really well. I mean, it's still nervy, obviously, but that's sort of just what we're doing here, I guess. You know, it's every pitch you have to kind of hang off it. Like there is no uh, automatic lockdown, even when your best pitchers are out there. But, uh, but yeah, it's been huge. I, th- I read uh, like uh, Michael Bauman in the, the Ringer wrote, uh, uh, wrote about the Jays today and uh I think in the in, I think it was in that piece where he said uh, no team with this run differential has missed the playoffs since 2005 um which uh yeah that makes sense cuz it's a really good team uh and it, it is it's just it's nice to see the rewards of of you know the the grind that this whole season was sort of uh, coming to them now but uh, though like you say yeah it can all can absolutely go sideways you know you're 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 in a three-way race, maybe a five-way race with uh, with only two spots. So, uh, still have to play real well over the next you know three weeks or whatever is left in the season. So uh, that's big. They have a huge chance with the the Twins and the Orioles on the schedule a lot. You know the Rays are obviously going to be difficult, but they also maybe you know resting guys a little bit and, and and taking the foot off the gas because they've just gone so far ahead of everybody in the AL East and are going to be laying in wait for whoever <laughs> uh, whoever comes out of the wild card game, which you know. We can have that worry about it. Yeah, that's uh, a good problem to have type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not worried about that yet. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, but no, it's uh, it's been real. It's been real fun to watch. And and I say, you know, the bullpen's been there, but they've they've given them some great, great innings uh, as well, and particularly in this Yankees series. Um, but but for a while, I think now, even though, you know, anytime a bullpen gives up like a single run, it uh, it it tends to be a problem, and uh, you know, and that happens, but. Uh, you just have to feel good about where they are, and especially, I mean, I don't have we even seen Julian Merriweather yet? Nate Pearson still a bit shaky, but hopefully that there is there's a chance, maybe against a team like say the Baltimore Orioles, who could be getting thumped a little bit over the weekend. One hopes. Uh, don't want to count those chickens before they hatch, but uh, but the opportunities right there, and and 
Uh, it would be nice to see guys like that get some reps against, you know, theoretical big league hitters. Uh, you know, the Orioles do have some guys who hit quite well um, and, and uh, maybe maybe get themselves into a in, into a spot where they're a little more consistent with their command and a little uh, a little more ready to pitch in you know bigger situations because obviously we saw Pearson on, on Thursday night. Um, you know, it, it, it happens, but uh, but it, it not really endearing himself to, to people who are ready to be like, all right, he, he can just come in and be a high leverage for guy for us right away. Yeah, one of the things I also think is a bit underrated about how this race is playing out, and this is something I don't think people talk about because it's not exciting to talk about, but it's health. Like, the mm. Red Sox have a massive <laughs> COVID outbreak. Yeah. Like, that's, you know, that's beyond injury. That's, like, literal health. And the Yankees are missing three of their main starters and Severino, Tyon just hit the IL, uh, Herman mm. also, and a bunch of their top-tier relievers are also gone. Like, that bullpen is not what it normally is. And you think about, like, okay, who's missing from the Jays? You know, Kevin Biggio, pretty uh, polarizing figure, probably not a huge <laughs> difference maker. Espinal, yeah, I mean, would I rather have Espinal at third base than Kevin Smith? Do we, I need to see Kevin Smith at third base at all anymore? Like, I'm not 100% sure I do. I think Espinal would probably be an upgrade there. You know, like we talked about, Ross Stripling is coming back, but he will be back soon. Like, other than kind of, you know, Kirby Yates, who would have been a big contributor, <laughs> there's not a lot of guys who are sitting on the shelf for the Blue Jays. They kind of have, this is the this is the unit that they want. You know, Ryu, I guess, depending on what happens with his arm, maybe that changes things. Springer is in this very tenuous position. It was, it was tough to watch him uh, before mm-hmm. he went out with that injury. Like, there was, you know, those swings were clearly putting him in pain, even when he connected, like he just didn't have the power, the leg drive behind it. Like it was very obvious that he was hurt. Um, so yeah. that's obviously, that's a bit of a question mark, but they've dealt with not having Springer for much of the year. That makes a big difference down the stretch. He's lost 23 games. I, like I said before, I think the Blue Jays are a better team and you can say that because of the run differential and you can go down the roster and talk about the talent, but it's also just the fact that they're more whole. Like this is... The group is coming together, yeah, you know, very literally at the right time. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it, it is true, and it, it's 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 uh, it's just so strange to hear it because that was the thing all year, right? It's like, oh, the bullpen injuries were killing them for so long, and you know, not having Springer, and and, uh, and yeah, you're absolutely right. This is basically the group they want to have. I mean, they would have wanted maybe to have say Brad Hand instead of having to release him because he was terrible, but. Uh, but you know, the, uh, you, you feel, you feel real good about the options. And like I said, you know, I mentioned Pearson and Merriweather, like Soria, the, 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 the bullpen, we're, we're not seeing, you know, Kirby Sneed and Connor Overton and Tyler Saucedo, Taylor Saucedo, uh, you know, uh, unless they're warming up in, in, you know, in case the game gets, you know, completely out of hand. Uh, and those are guys who at times various, you know, you know, we were we've we've followed all year. Like <laughs> there have been some uh, some triple A quality guys coming in and having to get the Jays big outs, and that really did hold them back. I think for a long time, and part of that was the injuries. And now that they don't have those at the moment, uh, it does feel real good. Uh, and it's just it's just fun. It's just uh, it's you know uh, the the dome is going to be rocking when they come back uh, and face the Rays next week. Uh, you know, they still don't have full capacity yet, though they're maybe proceeding towards that. Um, that would be very interesting. I think, you know, everybody's going to have to get, uh, have to have double vax or a negative test, uh, coming up, uh, which was not, has not been the case to this point, you know, to get into the stadium. Uh, I forget which date that is. I think it's maybe the 22nd, but, 
Uh, but that I believe the Jays did in anticipation of trying to go to full capacity at some point. And now there's literally theoretically, I mean, there's literally October baseball because the season ends on the third, but there's, there's a chance that they could be playing longer than even that. And uh, man, to, to have that opportunity with the Rogers center completely sold out as opposed to, you know, the, the limitations that they have right now would be, would be pretty special, pretty spectacular. And, uh, you know, you also just wonder about speaking of that, of the building, like, you know, they, they spent so long in Dunedin and in Buffalo and that, you know, in a game like, like this, where little things can add up and maybe no, don't necessarily mean the difference between one, like a win and loss in between in a particular game, uh, you know, that obviously would wear on any team. And the fact that they have been able to overcome that and get back into the race now, uh, it's pretty special. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what happens with the capacity. There's obviously going to be a ton of interest down the stretch. Like, you know, I spent last night watching the football game with a bunch of friends and they're, you know, they're very much, you know, very casual Blue Jays fans. But, you know, they want to put the, the end of the Blue Jays game on and the beginning of the Blue Jays game on and talk Blue Jays. And these are people that, you know, I very rarely touch on the Blue Jays with, and I think that they they're starting to awaken that you know that bigger casual part of the fan base now. Mm-hmm. Like Absolutely. when you say, "Hey, the Blue Jays are really good; they're fun to watch," and then someone says, "Okay, like how are they doing?" and you say, "Oh, they're you know they're six games above five hundred, and they're you know they're six and a half games out of a wild card, but you know they're good; they can make a run." That's maybe not per- too persuasive to the average casual fan. And I know how <laughs> fun these guys are to watch. And like even people who are like, yeah, I love Vladdy, blah, blah, blah. But when you when you tell someone, yeah, the Blue Jays are a half game out of the playoffs and they've won eight games in a row, suddenly you're you're <laughs> looking at a whole different demographic in terms of the interest in the Blue Jays. I think that's going to be really interesting to watch over the next couple of weeks if they continue to play well, sort of the city waking up to what you know what this team can be because they're very easy to buy into once you are exposed to them over any amount of time we've talked about how young they are how fun they are personality wise you know even you know the pitching you've got a great combination of different styles and different ages and whatnot like you know they're everyone who isn't a Red Sox or Yankees fan like it's everyone's second team like that's a joke and you know because they're in Canada that might not be as true as it should be but People who are into baseball are going to be into this team. And I think people who haven't been into baseball or the Blue Jays for much of the season are going to start to get into this team now. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Mariners fans are necessarily fond of the Jays either. But but no, you're right. And and the awakening of the city, it's weird because I mean, it's, we live in, we, the cliche, but we live in different times than even 2015, right? But that was such a, an amazing part of that run was, you know, getting into a cab and the cabbie's got the game on or being in the lineup at Starbucks or wherever the hell you are. And, you know, people are talking about the game last night and we're starting to, you know, it's starting to, to go that way. You know, I have I have my local that I, I go to and hang out with, you know, there's there's characters there that were, were uh, somewhere between acquaintances and friends. Like they know what I do for a living and we'll chat at the bar sometimes. And uh uh, I assure you, the, there was not a lot of like voluntary Blue Jays chat going on from so, from some folks at the start of the year, and lately, it's it's especially you know the last last couple of times I've been out, it's like people want to talk about the Blue Jays and what's going on, and it's you're starting to feel that, and uh, that's just one of the things that you know I remember I've said a long time about that about 2015 was that it, it's like it makes you feel that there is like civic value in this weird 
sports thing that we do that is so like corporately run and obviously self-interested and, and obviously just a giant entertainment product. But, you know, you feel a little bit better about this being a thing that you do, you know, or that you pay attention to or that you devote this much time and energy to when you see, you know, how it really does like bring people together and bring a city and a country together. And I mean, that Jesus, I'm sounding like I'm fucking Ross Atkins here, but like it, it it's a, it's a real, it's a real nice place to be. It's much nicer than, the, just being ignored or just, you know, uh, just floundering for decades, which we kind of experienced and it being a little niche thing, you know, uh, embracing the, the, the casual fans who want to get into it is, uh, is, is great. And, uh, especially when the team is giving them a reason to get into it. Yeah. Any casual fans who have stumbled across this podcast, maybe this is the first time you're listening because you're interested in the Blue Jays now. Thanks for coming aboard. Uh, <laughs> oh, I mean, when the Jays were in, like when, when the the former podcast I did, I like the 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 numbers in in the playoffs or in October 2016 or whatever were like were more than double what people were listening to us, uh, uh, you know, at the start of that regular season or at the start of 2015, right? Like it's uh, and that's cool. Welcome aboard. Like, yeah, uh, get into this team. The personalities on this team are so fun. It's like you're not, you know, that that was fun too. I was asked, I was doing a radio hit the other day, and somebody asked me to compare them, and it's like, well, these guys aren't like they aren't dicks. Happy to be dicks. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. and those they wore it well. Bautista and, and Donaldson and that whole crew wore that really well, and were great sort of villains. And the the, the us against the world kind of stuff was was great. And they you know they sort of uh, brought that upon themselves in a lot of ways. Um, I I know I don't know want to say it's easier to say the one of the moment is is maybe the better one the you know the better uh, format for uh, for having team likability but uh, you know I don't want to say one is worse or better but it sure is interesting to watch you know these guys who obviously love playing for each other love playing the game you know are just out there having fun and dancing and goofing off and still like you know destroying the New York Yankees in their home ballpark like that's uh, that's a lot of fun and uh, and it's. Man, it did not as, as optimistic as I can be, and I tend to be on the optimistic side. You know, just having been a sort of dispassionate uh, observer of baseball for as long as I have now, you know, because that's just sort of the necessity of writing about and covering a team. Um, I tend to be optimistic, and it, it, you know, I don't think I felt that it was going to get to a point where you know we're just still fawning about <laughs> for twenty five minutes about what. Uh, uh, how great the the season has become, and what uh, you know, what amazing things are going to happen. It just did for a long time. They spun their wheels, and it didn't feel like it would happen. No, absolutely not. And it's uh, no, it's interesting to see. Yeah, like people jump aboard. Like I said before, this is a great team to do that with. Partly because they're so young, and like if you get invested in these characters now, you know, if you had started becoming a fan in sort of twenty fifteen. You were becoming a fan of a, like an an old team that a lot of expiring contracts and wasn't might get mad about what the front office is. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Team. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. New fan Mark Shapiro. Um, no, but uh, yeah, there's this is a little bit different. This could you know there's no guarantee of them making the playoffs this year and into the future. We've talked about before how 2021 is an interesting window because they might not have Semyon or Ray. And the guys they signed to replace them might not be as good. And like 2022 might not be as good as this. In fact, if I had to guess, I'd guess it wouldn't be as good as this. But that being said, you do have this cast of characters you get to follow over the long term. And that's really interesting um, if you're jumping aboard right now. Because, I, you know, I like the idea that people are getting hooked on the Blue Jays today. And they're still going to be with them next year if maybe even they're struggling. And in 2023, they'll be watching and being like, let's recapture the magic of 2021. And that's something that... 
you know, it burrows into your brain. It's a very odd thing the way sports gets you. And once it gets you, it, it kind of doesn't let go. And it's pretty fun to have this little piece of monoculture, you know, it, it kind of, it, this is a weird comparison, but it brings you back to like Game of Thrones, where like Game of Thrones would happen and then everyone would talk about the episode on Monday, like even people who don't seem to have any other in common interests would just be like, oh mm-hmm. yeah, you see you see Game of Thrones? Because everyone had, uh, maybe not the last season, we don't need to litigate that, but, um, <laughs> but in the world where entertainment is so fragmented and there, you know, there's a TV barely exists and there's a million channels on TV and there's a million streaming services and people seem to be finding sort of exactly the niche of what they want, as opposed to everyone really embracing one thing. And I'm not making a value judgment. That's just kind of the way that it's changed. It is kind of refreshing to see something where, oh yeah, everybody is kind of into the same thing for a little bit. And it, this could last, you know, they they could get swept by the Orioles. Incredibly unlikely scenario. But they get swept by the Orioles this weekend. That is all over, probably. But, again, we talked last week about possibilities of what could happen next week. By next week, this train could be way farther down the road and the whole city could be coming alive even more. Um, they could get swept by the Orioles and this moment could be over. But it's a fun moment to be in because... We can see the possibility of, yeah, what this run could look like from the top of this little hill we're on. <laughs> it could also, I mean, maybe this is the the, the Yankees have, have been doing this for like 25 years, right? It, mm-hmm. <laughs> like this is sort of the goal, I think. Uh, it is a uh, it is an ambitious goal, but I mean, that's sort of what you want to do and what I think that the, the front office and Shapiro, you know, in particular you know, sees as, as the potential of this market as to have a team that is, you know, that, that that where it isn't just like a novelty and it isn't like oh man the blue jays we're we are all getting into it where where you know the engagement is just there every year all the time you know and and uh and you know i obviously i'm not predicting the a, a yankee like run from you know 1995 through <laughs> through this year you know but but that's that that's what you sort of aspire to and and it's it's interesting to think of maybe being at the start of a of a uh, something even 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 a quarter of the size of that because like you say yeah it, when 2015 and 2016 came along it, it, you know Bautista and Encarnacion were you know in their mid-30s and, and Donaldson wasn't young either and you know Russell Martin was not, wasn't young and uh you know the, nobody was young basically <laughs> I mean there was Stroman and Sanchez and, and that was about it and uh uh, you know, this is exactly as you say, like, this is just another thing. I mean, Vlad, I was writing about this week, you know, what uh, uh, what what long-term payroll implications there would be if they re-signed Robbie Ray and Mark Semyon. And, uh, you know, it's just it's hilarious to be like, yeah, you know, Vlad and, and, and Bo won't hit free agency until after 2025, I think. And I was like, that's a long time. <laughs> that's that's a lot of seasons of baseball. And that's, uh, you know, and, and there's going to be opportunities to make that last longer. And there's going to be guys who... Come along for the ride. Springer's here for a long time. Teoscar's got a couple more years, but they ought to extend him. And, um, you know, it's just uh, there is a, there is a lot of talent. There's a lot of resources, both in terms of financially and, and prospect wise, uh, for them to do a real great thing here and, and make this, you know, uh, more than just, you know, a blip once every six Octobers or six uh, Septembers. I mean, Um it's uh, it's it, I mean, this is we're, we're living up to our name today, finally. what episode 20 here so yeah (laughs) we appreciate your patience uh through all the pessimism (laughs) but now we finally keyed in on what this show is supposed to be uh (laughs) no this is not a way to judge 
uh, the quality of a franchise, nor is it like necessarily the best way to judge fandom. But just an interesting prism that I see it through is that there are a lot of guys on this Blue Jays team who you could buy their jersey and feel comfortable. Mm. You know what I mean? Like a few years ago, when think about, I don't know, like the Adam Lind, Aaron Hill days, uh, as an example, kind of some of the wasteland days, like the two, th- like Marco <laughs> Scudero is one of the best player type years. Uh, there's not, there was not a lot of guys for a long time. who would be like, Oh yeah, I would buy that Jersey and I'd wear that proudly for long, you know, like Roy Halliday. And if you go back farther, Delgado and stuff like that. But until Bautista hit, even he was in his thirties and he didn't know what the, you know, the, what the success was going to be. Cause he had done it. He'd done it out of nowhere. Same thing with Eddie. And then you didn't know how long Donaldson was going to be around. And those guys are older. Like you mentioned, like now you could put money down on Vladdy. Bo, Springer, if you're if you're a little bit ambitious, Manoa, uh, if you're a hometown, you know, if you really want to emphasize the Canadian aspect, Romano wouldn't be the worst bet in the world. Like there's a lot of people that you can and you can invest. And that's really what, you know, what a jersey purchase kind of represents is investing in that slice of the fandom. And that's encouraging when you have that many players on your team that are players that fans would be willing to kind of invest their literal capital, but also emotional capital in. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> maybe we'll see a few less Brett Laurie jerseys uh, around. Yeah. The uh, Colby Rasmus <laughs> still see a couple of yeah. those. I mean, I mean, I'd like to see way fewer Jose Reyes jerseys, uh, which, oh. is, which is to say zero. But Same with Osuna. You do see that do from you, time you, to do time. You, do you see I've that? seen oh, a couple man. of those and it's like, are you... Like there's no way think, you don't, I don't think know. It's worth wearing that. Shirt, yeah, there's yeah, no truly. like, there's no way you can plead ignorance on that. So, no. well, I, that, <laughs> <laughs> well, why did they like? Why did they get rid of that guy? Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? You know what? A great way to wrap up like 25 minutes of happy talk <laughs> off the top. Let's just Dragging go right back God. down to like the depths. Um, <laughs> We kind of touched on this uh, kind of as we in this little early rambling section, but a couple of specifics that I thought um, were interesting are like, what do you think you're going to remember most about this stretch? Like, let's say that it that they go on to the playoffs, but maybe even if they don't, like, do you think I think you have to presume they make the playoffs for us to like really look back on this as a stretch that we care about, like years in the future is presumably it's the Guriel Grand Slam. Which is kind of funny because they easily could have lost that game, but you know, it yeah. like in a sense, Semyon's home run is more important. But it is the Guriel Grand Slam, I think. Like, what other things are like specific moments you think people might be talking about in the future if this happens? I, I yeah, see, I, I think it's the I think it's the Friday game against Oakland. I think it's the the one that they where they made the impossible comeback and then pissed it away <laughs> and then made another impossible comeback. Um, you know, I, yeah, I, I think that that was, you know, that was sort of the start. I don't know if they, I can't remember if they'd won games before that or if they, when, when the eight game streak started, I guess they'd won the last one against the Tigers before that. Uh, or was the I think White it was Sox, the Orioles. To say. Oh, it could have been the Orioles. See, these, those, they, that, that was that the was before, before times. times. Who can, who can remember? <laughs> uh, but I mean, there's just so much. I mean, this is like, you know, speaking of specifics, I'm like, okay, well, you know, we're on the podcast today. What are we going to talk about? Like, okay, we can talk about Robbie Ray. He's great. We can talk about Vlad. He's great. Like, there, you just go down the list. Everybody's like killing it right now, uh, which is making it harder. You know, it's not like somebody's carrying them on their back. I mean, Guriel obviously has <laughs> has been pretty special for the last uh, for the last you know eight games or beyond that. 
Um, but yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I, and, and also, you know, that's less a specific moment, but even just this sweep of the Yankees, I think will, uh, should they make the playoffs, will we'll sort of go down in Blue Jays' lore. Absolutely. I don't think this will go down in Blue Jays' lore, but the game I might find myself thinking about the most, with the exception of the, um, you know, the big Oakland Friday game, that's clearly kind of the cherry on top of all this. But is that game against the Yankees with the Garrett Cole, Steven Matz matchup? Because that felt like sort <laughs> yeah. of a sledgehammer that was coming to destroy their momentum and sort yes. of limit yeah. the ceiling of what they were capable of doing against the Yankees. Like with, if you sort of quasi know you're going to lose one of those games, it's almost like you're hoping for a split almost at that point. Maybe not hoping, mm-hmm. but you think that that's sort of the type of thing that's on the table. And the fact that it did not feel like a sweep was on yeah, the table. Yeah, exactly. And s- until that, until that moment. Yeah. And then, you know, Ray, uh, Cole goes out early and he's hurt himself. It doesn't look like it's a serious injury, but then there's a kind of that moment of, oh, Robbie Ray's got the Cy Young now. And like the Blue Jays pounded <laughs> Cole and, uh, and they managed to get through with Matt's. And, you know, Matt's continued this stretch that he's been on. And for me, that moment is one of the, is like a, that game is a mini turning point in all this. Like, I don't know where all this goes, but it's a type of thing that could easily, yeah, not, not really become lore, not really become something that people talk about deep in the future. But that is, that game feels very significant to all of this. Um, yeah. Just keeping the streak going. And, and Matt's himself, like he's someone that we you know, we were talking about as a pretty disposable fifth starter not long ago. And the run he's been on has been really, really good. You know, it, he hasn't really been striking a ton of guys out either. Like, he's he's just been pitching really well, commanding really well, jamming right-handed hitters, which is a great strategy against the Yankees, those guys with the big arms. You don't let them extend it. A lot of ground <laughs> yeah. balls. And he's someone who's now, you know, you're starting to talk about what's the future with Steven Matz. Like, I don't think anyone really thought of him as anything more than, oh, this is a one-year fill for fifth starter, fairly cheap, a little bit of upside. And now he's been, you you, you mentioned, he's been basically Ryu from a production standpoint, like a little bit better on a per-inning basis. And now he's the type of guy where you're thinking like, you know, what does a contract for Matt's look like? Is that something the Blue Jays should pursue? I think a lot of Blue Jays fans would be happy to see Steven Matt's come back in 2022, which is a bit wild considering the wilderness he was wandering around in in kind of May and June. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, this is this is sort of the 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 more rational side of the front office's coin, I think, probably where, you know, maybe you do look at Matt's and say, you know, we love you, Robbie Ray, but instead of paying you $118 million, a rotation that's, you know, Manoa, Barrios, Ryu, Stripling, Mats, that's still a pretty good rotation, especially if, you know, maybe Nate Pearson can work his way in the t- into it next year. Uh, and you add someone at the trade deadline, maybe that's, you know, maybe that's a way to preserve some flexibility that they that they will uh, uh, look into. Uh, and Jesus, you're almost at the point of of wondering about the qualifying offer with Stephen Matz, which is crazy. And I, I will say that we did, and, and I've been guilty of it too. Of, of and you know, so justifiably so, I think earlier in the season. But uh, as it, as the season has progressed, it's looked better. But there's definitely been. I remember somebody. I wish I could remember who it was in particular on Twitter being like, well, asking this very question, like, what about keeping Stephen Matz? They should probably do that. And was was well ahead of the curve on that. So. Kudos to you, whoever you are, if you were listening. But, uh, but yeah, that, that that has become a very interesting question. Um, 
And it's just, it's nice that they have options. They also, I mean, this is going on a bit of a tangent, but they also kind of like, I don't know, if you're Noah Syndergaard, if you're, if you're a guy looking to rebuild value, uh, if you're a pitcher in particular looking to re, like, I don't know, a year under Pete Walker might not be the worst, uh, might not be the worst idea for your bank account, right? So the Jays may have some, uh, some natural advantages there, especially as they're, you know, they're, they're, they're poised to be a very good team again next year. Um, though again, as, as last week, it's you know we'll have a lot of time to talk about the the off season and what twenty twenty two will look like. Um, but yeah, no, you're right with Matt's. It's uh, it's been pretty special. It's been great. It's uh, you know uh, I, I keep saying that, but it's it, it, these are the kind of moments you kind of want to just savor and not get too down about because uh, it could go all it could go sideways and it could you know they could play five hundred for the next couple of weeks and and make it real tricky on themselves. But that would that would just underline, you know, the incredible value that this streak has provided to their season because they would still probably be in in position to to claim a playoff spot anyway if they did that, which is uh, which is a great spot to be in. Yeah, something that I wrote, I did a piece at Yahoo Sports, kind of about the significance of this stretch and all that stuff that came out today. And one part of it that I think is crucial is that now they're in a position where every loss doesn't feel like a death blow. Like it, it used to be before, it's like, oh, they they had another loss. Like they really can't afford to be dropping games. And I'm not saying they're in a position where they can quote unquote afford to be dropping games, especially against shitty competition like the Orioles or Twins or whatever. But we're mm-hmm. also at a point where if the Blue Jays, yeah, just have a stinker and they drop a two run lead to the Orioles in the ninth inning and lose. It's not sort of a, okay, let's dust off the end of the season columns. Like, <laughs> even though they, they yeah. can come down from where they are and they're by no means a lock to sort of proceed from this position, they can weather some setbacks now. And they were in a position where there really was no room for setbacks before. Yeah, no, that that's that's completely true. And also, you know, they, if they do lose, if they lose, you know, between now and the end of the season, I'm not saying they will. <laughs> you never know. know they'll necessarily... But it is possible. But if that if that should happen, you know, the we're we're at the point where you can look over and see what the Yankees were, did, what the Red Sox did, what they've done on previous days, and you know, maybe not worry about it quite as much, um, because yeah, it's gonna only be it's gonna only be a game in the standings, and the the hard work of catching up to them has basically been done. I mean, they're not quite there yet, but it's you know they're they're at a stage obviously where it's just it's all so tight that that. Uh, a couple games and it could flip the could flip the lead real you know literally um which is you know what we all anticipate will happen We're- <laughs> which is uh, probably foolish but nonetheless yeah it's uh uh they're there it just it does not feel as as like like nearly the mountain to climb uh because especially after you know spending so many months of the season with a similar size mountain to climb uh and not being able to do it at all uh, so for that to have just sort of instantly been bulldozed is, uh, uh, you know, once again, real nice. We're at a point, and this is va- <laughs> this is valid, by the way. Like, I'm not making fun of this, these people, and I'm one of these people. I think I brought it up in my piece, too. We're at a point where people are talking about the fact that the Yankees and Red Sox have a series against each other, and therefore one of them must have a stretch of one and two or worse, and how that will help the Blue Jays. That is so yeah. micro. Like the, the fact yeah. that we can like zero in on something that small and it feels relevant is wild. Like imagine a week ago being like, well, the Yankees are going to face the Red Sox. So 
that's probably one game in there somewhere. <laughs> like that's the sort of thing that was yeah. literally unfathomable a week ago, and now we're at that point where, like, yeah, it is so small. There, it's such a balance right now that it's very easy for it to go in any direction. And anything that feels like a little bit of an edge for the Blue Jays is worth thinking about because it's gonna come down. It's gonna come down to the very end, probably. It's gonna come down to the wire and. Uh, that series against the Yankees at near the very end of the season is definitely one to circle on the calendar because there's a chance that's where it's all decided. Yeah, I, I, that's that's the thing I was thinking is as you were talking about the Yankees and Red Sox, you know, beating up on each other uh, in mm-hmm. such a micro way. It's like there is a. I feel that there's a very small chance that those three games against the Yankees are are you know things will be done and dusted by that point. Uh, as well as things are going right now, obviously you know every day is a new day, and who knows. Who knows where so where it will go? And I think that yeah, those those three games, I'm definitely uh, circling them. It would be great if they are incredibly meaningful. Um, but I, I I you know I don't think anyone should kid themselves and think like you know they that it's impossible that they'll go into that uh, and be like okay if they get swept then that's it. You know that could be that point and that could still happen. And the Yankees could still you know they're gonna get out of their hitting funk like they've done it already this season and. Uh, they looked real good for for many stretches. Um, yeah, obviously the injuries are catching up to them, and and you know it's a it's not a great place for them to be. But uh, but those games will still have I think a ton a ton of importance. Uh, finishing against Baltimore is good too, but that also has a you know a trap series vibe to it. So the the work is not done yet. Um, but yeah, like I say, you just got to savor the fact that my God, how are we here? It makes no sense, <laughs> except it kind of does, and. Uh, just feels yeah, good. The Yankees series, yeah, like what are the chances they're going to be four games up on the Yankees by the time that series comes around? Like doesn't seem likely to me. Not high. So yeah, 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 that's one where it could kind of have that. It all comes down <laughs> to this type of feeling, which is pretty cool. One other thing, you know, while we're just, I think this is just kind of a rolling through vibes episode. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's an unusual circumstance and it calls for an unusual uh, episode with no structure whatsoever. Uh, so I hope you guys are enjoying that. But one thing that has been a little bit delicious uh, about all of this has been sort of the discourse of the assumption of a Yankees Red Sox wild card, and then the sort of national fawning that has gone into that, and how the Toronto Blue Jays might be able to disrupt the you know the the national thirst uh, and by national I mean the U.S. Uh, the the national yes, baseball establishment thirst for a Red Sox Yankees game which you know both teams you don't like to see and they tend to go forever I don't know not exactly what I would describe as a best case scenario but it is going to be fun to potentially see people uh, disappointed uh, people who don't have great takes on what's fun (laughs) I agree I mean and, and and this is the game we're playing right I mean there's only one fan base that's not going to be disappointed ultimately i mean we are as exciting as this is you know the 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 high likelihood is that there will be heartbreak still ahead and that's uh uh and that's that that's 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 okay that's real fun and uh and you know uh especially though yankee and red sox heartbreak is really where where we all i think are at and and to have given them that this week and to watch the team in turmoil and to watch the you know just the meltdowns on twitter and, uh, 
I can't pretend I didn't enjoy the hell out of it. And uh, and also, I mean, the Red Sox, come on, really? I know that everybody's on the COVID list or whatever, but never, never really rated them uh, to begin with. Frankly. No, it's unsurprisingly, never been a huge Red Sox fan. As someone who grew up uh, in Toronto, lived the vast majority of my life here. I just I don't think they're that good either, roster wise. Um, we'll we'll see. We'll see. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. And you're right. It's just man. It's so nice to to not have every loss. You know, feel like that's a, like it's a dagger, and also have to then watch. You know, sixty people on Twitter be like, "Well, that's it. It's done." Uh, and I just I, I'm thinking back to I mean, you know, Pat Tabler, you know, broken clock, right twice a day. Uh, I just remember him saying a, a, a couple of weeks back, or or you know, uh, before this really all started, you know, oh, you just want to you got you know, looking at being six back or whatever. It's like oh, you gotta you just gotta make up about a game a week, you know, and and then they go make up like five <laughs> over the course of a week. Uh, it really, you just got to uh, go sweep the Yankees at Yankee Stadium. Yeah, I mean, and then if they just keep sweeping everybody, yeah. I think they will make the playoffs. I think that would I, be that would be my if they goal, go twenty three and zero. It seems unlikely that. Well, then that Yankees Red Sox is really going to come into play because someone's going to have to lose then, and they're not going to win out, and then the Blue Jays make the playoffs. That's math. That is math. And one yeah. of the better applications of it, I would say. Uh, <laughs> someone who's not totally unfamiliar with math, that's one of the better applications. Okay, weekend series, briefly teeing it up. It's Baltimore. They are bad. Uh, Blue Jays are both expected to win the games and likely to win the games. Somehow they avoid they avoid John Means, who's kind of like the only pitcher you would want to avoid, although he hasn't really been as good of late anyway. Um, since since uh, since perhaps the sticky stuff, yeah, there there's a correlation this. between the sticky stuffs crackdown <laughs> and John Means's effectiveness. There's a doubleheader on Saturday. I think the Blue Jays are very well suited for doubleheaders because they tend to like to push their starter kind of maybe through six innings, and they're not as ex- exposing the bullpen as much. Although nowadays the bullpen's stronger, so maybe that's less of an effect. Uh, yeah, I was looking through the Orioles roster for something interesting. Not really. Uh, you know, Cedric Mullins is still really good. They have a couple guys who can hit. Mm-hmm. Not an exciting bullpen. Their closer is a Rule 5 guy. And uh, Connor Green is an old friend alert, I guess. That's sort of yeah. the closest thing we've got. He's, you know, he helped uh, the Blue Jays <laughs> acquire Randall Gritchick. So that's something. That's... Uh, yeah, thanks, Connor. Yeah, he did it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, there's just really, I mean, we joke, but like there's really nothing there. Like the the Orioles are a punching bag, and are you going to connect on your punch or are you going to miss your punch? That's up to you. It's not really what the Orioles did in a sense. It's more can you execute and, you know, succeed at not even that high a level, at a fairly high level, and you can get some wins. And the Blue Jays look like a team that's executing on a fairly high level right now. Yeah, absolutely. It would be nice to uh, be nice to come out here on Friday, win a damn game. <laughs> just sort of, just, just I, I feel they're capable. Just to sort of, you know, I, I, I fully expect almost. I expect them to lose one of these four games. Um, maybe that's, maybe that's incorrect. I, I also expect them to, to run the table from here. So, uh, some conflicting emotions, but you know, that's just the way baseball works. It's been really fun to watch them put this streak together, but, 
you know, it is unusual and it is, it's hard to do because, you know, just that's the ball leaves your hand. And sometimes you don't, you know, you don't know what's going to happen after that. You can't control every little aspect of it. And so you swing the bat and maybe it goes a couple inches foul. Maybe it doesn't. Um, so, you know, that, that's entirely possible. And, and, uh, I just think it would be a bit deflating for it to happen right off the hop. You know, uh, I think that they would be much better if they won in addition to all four of them, uh, at least the first couple, because, you know, uh, that's, that's, that's sort of where, you know, more realistically people's heads should be at. It's like, you know, we're now back at the point where it's like, just win every series and you'll probably be fine. Yeah. I mean, like I, I was looking at the, even the game by game odds fan graphs does. And I think the blue Jays, they gave sort of a, I think it was a 66% chance to win this game. That's about as high as you ever get for a road game. Yeah. <laughs> like even if they're at home, maybe they could have got to 70. I don't know. But like the way baseball works, it's very hard to get higher than that. So if you accept that as approximately what the Blue Jays, and maybe you want to give the Blue Jays a little bonus point, bring them up to 70. Hell, bring them up to 75. Even getting something that's 75% of the time to happen, to happen four times in a row, is not easy. It's not something you can count on. So if, yeah, if the Blue Jays lose one in the series, that is not a big deal at all. If they lose two, that's a big missed opportunity, but probably ultimately mm -hmm. not a disaster. Uh, losing this series would be painful. That would be a problem. If you yeah. lose, if you straight up lose this series, that is a real gut punch to everything that was happening with the Blue Jays. Almost regardless of what happens with the Red Sox and the Yankees, even if they lose as well, that would be a big opportunity lost and. I think it's unlikely, so I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't spend too I, much time. But I, you know what? I would have thought that was unlikely in you know against the Angels and Mariners, and when they you know they came off that great homestand, right? Yeah, but at least that so, was a West Coast uh, trip, and also just the Orioles are in a different tier from yes, when it comes to hopelessness. Anyway, let's leave it there. The last word of a Blue Jays happy hour should always be hopelessness. Uh, very good <laughs> uh, thematic. <laughs> uh and yeah. conclusion there uh we appreciate you guys listening in again we shout out to anyone who is new and anyone who is starting to embrace the blue jays maybe for the first time and maybe for the first time in a long time uh we appreciate you guys tuning in and we will be with you again next week